I'm Huey, the Comic Half Squatch, and High Commander of the Blaster Stash of Comic Book Review Show on YouTube. And I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. You can too by going to patreon.com slash Gen X Grown Up. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to episode 99 mm, of the wow. Gen X Grown Up podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And of course, George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? Coming up in this episode, we'll decide how the latest entry in the Saw franchise measures up to its predecessors, check out some super cheap accessories for your home automation needs, and play a real-time strategy game set in an alternate reality of the 1920s. Before we get into that and much more, though, it is time for some fourth listener email. Oh, yeah. We call our listeners the fourth listeners, because we know it's the three of us and at least one more person out there. And <laughs> that one more person this episode is Jerry. Uh, Jerry, this is the first time Jerry has ever written in. Oh. Thank you, Jerry. Jerry. Cool. cool. Uh, subject line of Jerry's email is just some appreciation email. Wow. Cool. Thanks. Okay. Nice. For our podcast or somebody else's? No, it's for ours. It actually oh, is okay. for ours. Oh, yeah. oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate that there are other podcasts out there in yes. addition to you guys. That's <laughs> right. Please tell us about the appreciation for this other podcast I listen to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jerry says, hey, what's up, guys? I have been a loyal listener for over three years. Jeez. Wow. That's awesome. I found you while looking for different and unique podcasts to keep myself entertained while doing my job and ended up listening to your episode about action figures and I was instantly hooked. Oh, wow. That's that awesome. is an old one. That yep. had to be the yeah. first year. Year one, I think. We yeah. did well, he said figures. three years. So Yeah, three years. Yeah. Tell you what, as long as I'm not a heart surgeon, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry goes on to say, I'm a 35-year-old millennial, but I felt like the guy who stands around listening to older guys talk about their experiences growing up enjoyed everything you guys had to say. So, of course, I often felt like an honorary member of the Generation X. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yes, absolutely. We don't segregate you out. If you can yeah. be a millennial and enjoy our show, we have one of our patrons, Davis, the son of a friend of ours and longtime listener. I love that we reach not just Gen Xers. I like that we have a little broader appeal. That's nice. Thanks. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say, also, I watched the video of you guys on your four-year anniversary. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was surprised at the faces that go with the voices. <laughs> what? Especially Mo. What? <laughs> brace what yourself, like? Mo. No, no, brace yourself. <laughs> what are you telling he me? Says, oh, God. I don't want to hear this. Jerry says, I was picturing some red-headed white guy with bad acne and dressed in cosplay 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I'm not sure exactly how to feel about. Actually, I know how to feel about that, but I'm not sure what I think about that. I'm done with the podcast. Oh, That's it. Hey, nothing else. You two guys got a great laugh out of this. All right. So, oh. laughing smiley face. No offense should be taken. LOL. He just throws that in. So you know. Uh, you know, uh, it's like start, it's like kind of leading off a statement with "Don't take this personally," but right, but you got a big you ass. Look right? like, yeah. You look like Alfred E. Newman in a Star Wars costume. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. All right, Jerry. Yo, appreciate. Uh, I'll go with it. I'll just go with it. <laughs> That's the best email in a while. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, 
he wraps it up by saying, but I enjoy everything you guys create. Keep up the good work and know you have a forever fourth listener, Jerry. I'll, I'll forgive Jerry that. <laughs> that's that's kind <sighs> of you. <laughs> Yo, what do you say to that? Yo, really? Just uh, okay. Yeah. You say, that's all you I tell really you say. what to say. You say what? Me worry? That's what you say. <laughs> Red-headed white guy in a with bad acne dressed in cosplay 24 Yeah, not seven. even with good acne. Just bad acne. Bad acne. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Jerry, thank you so much for writing in. Well, George and I appreciate that you yeah, wrote Yeah, I'm at not least. sure how much I do, but okay, but thank you, though. <laughs> if you would like your email featured here on the show it's easy just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com read every single one and most of them make this show we're gonna take yeah, a break here for mo. we read everyone you know now that we then do. now you know <laughs> we're gonna take a break while mo recovers we'll get going right after this my name is cindy burnett and each week i interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast thoughts from a page we talk spoiler free about their books so you can listen whether you have read the book or not And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. If dinner gets a little too attached to your grill, reach for the ultimate cleaning machine, SOS. Nothing cuts the dirt on grills, white walls, or golf clubs faster. SOS, the ultimate cleaning machine. Let's get cooking in our media segment, talking about whatever we're checking out in the world of media. Could be a television or film or books or comics or music, whatever it is. And Mo, why don't we start with you? You were looking forward to a limited edition series coming out shortly. So tell us what you think about Solos. Yeah, it came out. They dropped all the episodes. Mm. I been watched them. I thought it was awesome. So I know I gave this high recommendation. I told you guys, you guys see it. So what'd you guys think? Uh, I haven't watched it. <laughs> You know, you were certain that we were going to absolutely be clamoring to watch this. No, no, I thought you'd like it. Man. No, so no, no. You'd be you to watch guaranteed. It. You we guaranteed. There was a guarantee, it. as, as I recall. It, so I'm still not wrong because you haven't watched it yet, so we don't know the answer. Well, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I guess your guarantee was over an infinite timeline then, because I That's haven't right. watched it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, until you watch it, you can't say you like it or dislike it, right? So, All right. But you've watched it. I watched it, and right. it was. I thought it was amazing. It was kind of what. Sort of what I expected and sort of not what I expected. Okay. It was pretty much like a single person doing a solo scene, essentially. I gotcha. Okay, so a one-man play kind of thing. One-man play kind of thing. Although mm-hmm. one of them had two people, but that's it. But the thing is that they have it that they're always talking with somebody, but it could be a computer. The one with Anne Hathaway, see, this is why, John, I think you'd like it. She was talking to a future and past version of herself. Ah, no, that's a cool concept. I like that. At the same time, which was really funny. She's like, I look great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was interesting how they did the play, like, because you have to have a conversation with somebody. So you're talking to a computer or there's a person you don't see, maybe, or mm. talking to yourself, and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it was, I thought it was really, really creative. The episode where the actor who plays uh, Crazy Eyes in Orange New Black, right. uh, I forget her name, but unbelievable. I mean, she is just, wow, what an actor. It just blew me away that the passion she puts into stuff 
stuff when she talks is just phenomenal. So and it's funny, the one I like probably the least, and I liked all of them, though, but if I had to rate them all, probably the one with Morgan Freeman was my least favorite. That was your biggest selling point. You I know, know, Morgan right? Freeman figure. was the, the home run, figure, right? It wasn't as good. All the rest of them. And, huh. and, the, and they did some, the stories are kind of very, very loosely tied to each other, but they were definitely standalone stories. Hmm. You know, with maybe a, like, like, oh, okay, I see how this may relate to the other one, kind of. But I thought it was great. Uh, it was extremely well written, and I, I really think you guys would enjoy it if you guys watched the first episode. All right. Well, now knowing a little more, I might give it a chance. I, I know that we have it because the wife DVR'd it to make sure that we had it. She wanted to watch it, and I'm, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, that's that thing Mo was talking about. About and then you went to the other room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, screw that. Oh, screw yeah, that. Guy. I was thinking Mo's talking about. Let me go. Oh, I need to paint the bathroom. <laughs> Anything but this. No, no, that wasn't the case. No, it was pretty good. So, like I said, I think you guys definitely should check it out. Hmm. If nothing else, right. check out the first episode. If you don't, if you like the first one, you like the rest. How about that? And where is it at? Is it Netflix or HBO? Yeah, or? That was this Amazon. was done on Amazon Prime. Amazon. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yep. Yep. So, All right. so how about you, John? You can see anything interesting, cool, fun? Uh, I don't know if it's any of those three things, but I did see something I want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bury in the lead. You know, it is interesting. We'll say it is interesting. So I checked out a new film that came out this year, 2021, and it's of particular interest to us, and I hope uh, some of our listeners. So it's called okay. Fake Famous. Oh, so it's about yeah. us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I was thinking more like Paris Hilton kind of fake famous, like famous for not famous for being famous or famous for not. That's my that's my first impression from the title. That's I'm just throwing I out there. I think George is closer to right. It's more about us. It's about okay, being fake cool. famous. So. <laughs> All right. I can't say too much about it without giving too much away, but I want to set up the premise to let you know if you might want to see it. I enjoyed watching it. I won't say it was like a fun film or anything. It's a documentary. It's kind of an experimental film a little bit. So here's the premise. The idea is we're talking about how social media permeates everyone's lives and how you have these social media influencers that make mm -hmm. a career out of Instagram or Twitter or whatever, right, that people do. Sure. Uh, and everybody wants to do that kind of thing. So in this film, Fake Famous, it's a short film. It's only like, like not even an hour and a half, might be like 70 minutes, 80 minutes. But the idea is that there's this marketing group who they want to see what goes in to making someone like internet famous to be a, a real An influencer. Uh, Influencer. That's right. So they held auditions for small influencers, people that want to be influencers that might have you know a few hundred or a couple thousand followers. And they had open auditions in LA and brought all these people in. And they picked three promising influencers and took a budget of money to dump into them. Ah. Trying to see if they could create an influencer. To right? create having it, having an it organic grow, just have it mm -hmm. force it to grow, essentially. Interesting. Right. So they had three very different people that, that they chose. Uh, and they took these people and they dumped money into creating fake likes and fake clicks and uh, that you could purchase because it feeds itself, right? right we know the right, algorithm right. works. Mm -hmm. If you have enough people that appear to be real to the algorithm, it's good. Then you can get recommended more. All that. Yeah, stuff. yeah I see. right. And the three people had very different reactions to how things were going. So as you you guys know, you're working very hard on Gen X Grown Up to get a following, and when you get a new subscriber, you're like, oh, I feel great. But <laughs> the the reverse is true. When somebody something doesn't resonate, you're like, what am I doing wrong? You start to get down on yourself. And this was on, on a very high level where they were getting thousands of new followers a day. And if they didn't one day, they got into chaos. They were panicking because these are all, as you can imagine, young people. No, sure. Okay. They don't know the highs and lows that come with life yet. They're, they're expecting <laughs> a lot of highs. I don't want to say too much about how it goes, but one of them takes very well to this and they succeed and they love it. One of them starts to feel that pang of like, this is cheating and not real and genuine. And he wants to start backing out. And the other one has a third, very different, unexpected 
unexpected reaction to this entire process. Oh, interesting. So it's a cool experimental film, especially if you're involved with or you know anybody like us who are involved in trying to you know create online media and content creation. It's on HBO Max. So you, if you're okay. HBO already, you can go check it out. Uh, but yeah, fake famous. Fake yeah. famous. I'm going to check that out. That sounds interesting. Yeah, not bad. It's a quick watch. Like I said, not too long. All right. So George, how about you, man? What are you checking out in media? Well, um, as you talked about in the teaser at the beginning of the episode, I hit up the latest Saw film in that mm, franchise. Ah, I saw it. Yeah. Spiral from the Book of Saw, as Indeed. it was titled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The spiral seemed to me to be referring to how it spiraled down the fucking drain, how bad <laughs> this movie was. Oh my God. I love the Saw franchise. My son and I, like I talked uh-huh. about when I was looking forward to it, we've watched all the films together at different points, you know? Hola. I, yeah, hola. <laughs> it, was, hola. <laughs> it had a lot of promise. Chris Rock, obviously, you know, he was going to be the main star. He mm-hmm. was one of the producers on the film. Got Sam Jackson in it. Sam Jackson was yeah. in it. I think that the premise was interesting. It was super obvious from the first 15 minutes of the film mm-hmm. what was going to happen and how it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Hmm. They didn't hide anything. I think for me, though, the saddest thing was Chris Rock's lack of dramatic acting ability. He was mm-hmm. awful. Unless he was in a scene with Sam Jackson, <laughs> it was terrible. Now, Sam Jackson pulled him through the few scenes that he was in with him. But the rest of it, he just has some really... He made some odd choices for line delivery stuff. I remember this one in particular. He's a detective and he's Mm -hmm. in the bullpen area of the detectives and they're all upset about the killings that are going on. And some of the detectives don't like him because of some stuff that's happened in his past. Right. Mm -hmm. And all of them are against him for one reason or another. And this one particular detective who's against him, they get into this little stare down argument kind of thing. And he goes to tell him, fuck you. Now, John, if you're mad at somebody, right, you're having mm-hmm. a conversation with them, an argument, whatever, how are you going to say fuck you to that person? I'm just going to look him in the eye and go, fuck you. Right. Mo, yeah. what about you? Yeah, very similar. I look at him yeah. and say, you know, ah, fuck you. So Chris Rock decides to go, fuck you. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> what? what the hell is that? Jesus Christ, man. It was so forced and so, like, unbelievable. Like, it didn't feel true to anything that a character could have really been doing. Yeah. It was just things like that throughout the film that made me really disappointed in this entry into the franchise. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you on this one, George. It's like, I think Chris Rock's thing was probably, was one of the weaker parts of the film. Mm-hmm. It felt like he was delivering a stand-up routine the entire time. Like, he's trying well, to be- He did in the first scene. He basically did yeah, a stand-up basically routine a stand-up, in the first scene. But right. Like he said, even the way he, like, over-dramatized things and, mm-hmm. you know, he was, he was mm-hmm. like, he was pissed all the time. And, I, you know, it was like, I was like, oh my God, it's like, this guy, like, just emoting, it's like, all over the place. It's kind of gross. Um, was, and none of it was believable. <laughs> yeah. None of his emotions were believable. Yep. The other Saw movies, what I liked about it was I liked the stuff they didn't show you in the original Saw. Okay. Like you may see the trap, you may see the outcome, but you didn't see it actually occur, right? Leave something to the imagination. Like you didn't see the guy yeah. pull his eye out trying to get the key. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, you didn't see that really, right? Right. Whereas this one though, I think they went way out of their way and over the top to make it just- To draw it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just getting just nothing from this. It's, it's just like, oh, John, what about you? What'd you think? So I went and saw this one with my daughter, who is a huge fan of the Saw franchise like you. And 
I didn't hate the film as much as you guys did. My daughter did, but for a different reason. (laughs) She was not upset about anyone's performances or how transparent it was or acting choices. As a fan of the Saw franchise, she was upset that this is not a Saw movie at all. What Jigsaw did in the Saw movies was to try to redeem people, to say, look, you've done these bad things. Mm -hmm. You have a choice. If you will sacrifice this, you will get a second chance at life and you'll appreciate it. Whereas the traps, I'm using air quotes that you can't see again. Spoilers. Literally, it was just <laughs> torture devices until you die. There was no redeeming. There was no right. giving you a choice. This didn't have to be a Saw movie at all. This just could have been somebody killing cops. It, it suffered from that franchise syndrome where we could do an independent film, but if we slap Saw on it, we have a built-in audience. But they were not doing anybody a favor by doing that because if yeah. you're a Saw fan, it's not a Saw movie. Right. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if you're not a Saw fan, it's a weird kind of a Saw movie and you don't get it. Well, it's, it's like you said, there was no redemption for any of the people nope. in Mm-mm. the situations that they were in. It was all about retribution and revenge. That's mm-hmm. what the whole story. And that's was not about. what mm-hmm. Saw is about. And now don't get me wrong. I love that kind of a horror movie. It has its place. But what I really hated about this, besides the acting, besides the fact that it wasn't true to Saw's nature in the other films, yep. the editing. Tell me how stupid they thought the audience was going to be when they show us a scene and then five minutes later do a flashback to that same goddamn scene. <laughs> like, I didn't hear him well, say that and I can't remember it five minutes later. That pissed me off so bad. Even my son. What is your attention? span. Do you remember when we said this a minute ago? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Even my son, he's 18 years old. He's part of that younger generation that the attention span might be an issue. He came out of the theater. He said, did they think I was fucking stupid? <laughs> I said, yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yes, yes, they, did. yes they did. Ask and answered. Yeah. Man, it was such a letdown. It could have been a nice new jumping off point. We would have had a new saw master, you know, mm. that would have yeah, well. furthered the legacy and everything thing it could have been a whole new thing and you could have had some actors like sam jackson and chris rock had they done good jobs i mean sam jackson does a good job in damn near everything he does but they left too much and they clearly want it to be. I mean, they, yeah. they tried to set up for a sequel, maybe. You know, they didn't they didn't just totally close it off. But yeah, yeah, it's they should go back to the old pattern. Right? Yeah, I, there was only I, two I trying something traps, new. Only two yeah. traps that you cared about in this movie, Sam Jackson's and the female detective chief. And they mm-hmm. don't even show her trap in real time. It's got to be no. another goddamn flashback. We'll check it out later. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So you got to see it. Uh, You have your A-list now, but so where Mm -hmm. would you put it on your A-list rating? And what about a uh, I want my A-list slot back. You want it back. Just don't see it. Okay. I mean, if you can find this in the public domain later on and you want to waste an hour and a half of your life, (laughs) throw it out there. But it's such a poorly conceived, poorly produced, poorly edited, poorly acted everything film. It, it was almost offensive. And I, I hate being that movie critic guy. This was terrible. Boy. It just wasn't good. There was nothing redeeming in it. How many tokens? Does it get any tokens at all? Half a token, maybe. Half a token. Ouch. Yeah, Ouch. Just because I like Sam Jackson. But again, they put him in for what? Three and a half minutes worth of screen time. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So there's George's recommendation. Rush out and see Spiral. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan 
for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Why are so many people drinking Diet Coke and seeing Steve Martin and Daryl Hannah's new movie, Roxanne? It's as plain as the nose on your face. Just for the fun of it. Just for the smile of it. Diet Coke. Just for the cool of it. Mm, the love of it. The taste of it. I have something for tech and toys today, so I'm going to lead off this segment. <laughs> He's just starting it right off. He I'm just going to start us a chance. Any discussion, let's just, just get right into it because it doesn't matter. Um, so this is actually kind of a combination of stuff, but I've always been interested in lock picking, not because I want to be a thief, but it's almost lock like picking. the puzzle aspect of it. Lock picking. Sure. Trying to figure out how locks work, how they open, just understanding the mechanics behind it. Oh, I'm sure that's what all the criminals say when they're caught with a lock picking kit. <laughs> <laughs> We don't talk about that. I'm, it's the puzzle to me. It's not. I'm not breaking it. But it, it is. Yeah. And so I mentioned to my son, and scarily enough, he's like, "Oh, I already had been working on this for a while." So he actually has like he had like a bunch of lock picking kind of stuff. Oh, did he? No, I'm not kidding. Um, a whole box actually. And so he loaned it to me, and I've been sort of. I'm watching TV. I'm sitting around. I'll play with a lock, try to open it, and it's kind of fun. It's kind of cool. So. What it is, is when the, on eBay you can buy, or eBay or Amazon, you can buy like a basic lock picking set, which is nothing. Sure. Why is it illegal? You could go out and make one of these if you had to. I mean, they're nothing special. It's just little metal picks and stuff like that. But the cool part that he had in it is it has these locks that are actually transparent. Yeah, I've seen those. Oh, so you can see your progress. So you mm -hmm. see how it actually works. So as you're moving the pins and stuff, you can see how the pins are moving and what you're doing and how that actually makes the mechanism work. Yeah, it's supposed to help develop the muscle memory for when you can't see the lock, right? Because yeah. you can see it, you can feel what it feels like in your fingers to push that pin up and into its slot. And after a while, you get so used to that muscle memory that you don't need the transparent lock right, you that's can what, do it yeah because there was like an idiot's guy the lock picking book also don't whatever <laughs> i feel like george knows way too much about this lock picking process I know. <laughs> but anyway so. i have dabbled with these that's he what dabbled. i'm gonna say he's he dabbled that's what they all say before they <laughs> i have dabbled in misdemeanors <laughs> There's a whole set of these different types of locks. There's some that like I just never give you like the barrel key locks, those kind of things. Those are like super hard to kind mm. of to deal with. But just for the basic sort of thing, I, th I just found it interesting. And it's just kind of cool because there's actually quite a bit. Amazon sells a whole bunch of stuff about this. Like they'll sell the transparent locks and all that stuff and the basic kit. Because you get right down to it, it's not like freaking I brought before, not like open heart surgery. I mean, it's really not that complicated how locks work. It comes out to they're actually pretty damn simple. I had no idea this was even a thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I lock picks exist, but the transparent lock and using yeah, it as a puzzle yeah. and huh. And they said that the like the whole thing like on TV where you see like a guy gets like a paperclip and he undoes his handcuffs. That's actually not far fetched. It's not too far off. It depends on the lock, right? If you know what you're doing, you could pick a lock with a paperclip. Well, you need two. For a regular lock. Yeah. No, for regular, but, for, but for handcuffs, you only need one, it turns out. For handcuffs, out. you only need one, yeah. Don't you ruin the magic of MacGyver for me now. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing nothing special. All it 
takes is a paperclip and bubblegum. Yeah, not even the bubblegum, <laughs> just a paperclip. <laughs> to me, it's just like a fun puzzle sort of thing. Like, and, and seeing, I like to know how things work and understanding how all these locks work. Damn. And these transparent huh. locks, I mean, they're all different types of locks. There's deadbolts with two keys and two, you know, there's all sorts of stuff. It's just a lot of, I'm actually having quite a bit of fun just sort of playing with it. And if I lock my keys out of my house, you know, well, luckily I don't have a type of key that's easy to lockpick. So I'm still screwed, but either, but still. Well, but your lockpicking kit will be inside. So you're still exactly, screwed. Exactly, exactly. I'm not going to carry this thing <laughs> Keep with it in me the anyway. So it's, be it's pretty damn cool. So I'll probably throw a variety of links on our thing about stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably just stick to the Amazon stuff that I know is legal. So that way. <laughs> Gen X up in no way endorses illegal exactly. lockpicking. <laughs> <laughs> if you get caught, don't say we told you to do it. <laughs> exactly. Or say John did, if nothing else. All right. So no, anyway. <laughs> no, no. You, you say it was the pale acne guy with the cosplay. The <laughs> yes, the redheaded dude <laughs> with the bad acne. That's who it was. Yep. That it was you, yeah. <laughs> All right. So George, what do you got for us? Well, I, I mean, not nearly as fun um, <laughs> as lockpick. Although I kind of want to get my old set out now and start playing around again. <laughs> um, now I, I picked up one of these smart plugs. They're everywhere. It's nothing oh, new. Yeah. It's, it's like the on-off ones, right? Yeah, on-off ones. Um, yeah. This one has um, some features to the application that I'm sure probably 99% of the other ones do. But it's called GoSund. G O S U N D familiar okay the reason why i picked them up is the price so i don't know but this seems like a good price to me these are nine dollars on amazon with a 20 percent off coupon right now mm, that's cheap so that does feel cheap to me coming to come with just one or that's per one okay. nine per okay yeah. so it was a price point that was easy for me to pick up and i bought two or three of them just you know to try them out and it works great now we'll say there's some caveats to it number one it wants to connect to a 2.4 gigahertz wireless network not oh, a 5 it's point older so yeah yep so uh you want to make sure that if you have you want to use this on the router in your house that you have a 2.4 signal coming out of it okay the other thing is it is compatible with uh, amazon dots or the google assistants mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you can Good. use those with your voice to turn the lights on and off the application also uh, allows you to rename the plug so you can know where it's at which is nice mm-hmm. uh, it allows you to build out schedules to turn it on or off at certain times oh, okay or on a repeatable schedule like i have uh, the first one I attached to our fish tank light because I was reading about, oh, you don't need to have it on the light on more than eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I, I want to have it come on at about one in the afternoon, but I'm going to be at the office most of the time during that time. So what am I going to, so just set up a schedule. Smart now plug. it comes there on at one in the afternoon and goes off at nine o'clock at night. Fish don't know any different and it's easier for us. <laughs> so I really like these things. The price is what got me. I don't know. Our listeners out there can tell me if that's a good price or not when they write in about it. But for, you know, eight, nine bucks, you know, with the coupon and everything, I I think it's a pretty simple buy if you want to go into the smart home market cheaply. Mm -hmm. How many did you pick up or did you just try one to get started? I bought three to Uh start. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have an idea of what other things you might use it for? Because I've gotten smart plugs in kits and I got Mm -hmm. some for Christmas and I've yet to figure out what the use case is that now your your light for your aquarium. Awesome. That answers itself. Mm -hmm. What else do you think you might use it for? So the reason why I got three was because I wanted one for the fish tank light and Mm -hmm. then I wanted the other two for our Christmas lights. Ah, so that that way, because every year we had those older 
they're not smart plugs, but those are the older remote plugs where you had the little key oh, yeah. fob looking cheap piece of crap thing. Yeah. She would lose the key fob half the time and we'd have to buy another set. <laughs> and then you find the old key fob and you're like, crap, you know, I got all these and it's the buttons are always weird. Having this connected to the Amazon dot system or the Google assistant. Mm-hmm. Now, when she plugs in her lights to these things during Christmas time this year, she can verbally just say when she wants the lights to come off, when she wants them to turn on, turn off, or she sure. can set a schedule. So she didn't even have to think about it. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking of. That's most. a good use. Makes sense. I can see that. Yeah. Now I have a use for the ones that I have. Awesome. There you go. <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome. So John, yeah. what do you got in store for us? I want to talk about a toy. This is the tech and toy segment. Usually I have some tech, but I want to talk about a toy. I got some pieces of tech that I'll talk about later, but this is something I wanted to shine a light on because I got it. I liked it. I did a video on it. And the more I think about it, the more I like it sitting on my shelf. <laughs> Okay. So if you search for Pac-Man as much as I do on the internet, everything that is Pac-Man product starts popping up. And a lot of the time you've seen it all. It's another version, another handheld, another keychain version or whatever. But for whatever reasons, it popped up in my feed, of course. Bandai has a line of model kits ranging from amateur to super glue and paint. Like we're talking old model kits. Like you go and get, you know, a kit from the store with your paints and your smelly glue and everything to put together. But they had one that was a Pac-Man character model kit. Okay. Now you might think, well, Pac-Man's just a round ball. So what kind of model is this? <laughs> I was thinking this that, is more yeah. modeled on the character of Pac-Man. You might have seen Easiest in the cartoon. model ever to put right. together. <laughs> <laughs> the front, the back. Done, right? It looks very much like an amiibo Pac-Man, right? He's got the big orange gloves and the big red shoes. You know oh, the Pac-Man okay. I'm right. talking more about, like the right? cartoon character kind of. Yeah, the cartoon yeah. character. Exactly right. The Saturday morning cartoon. This was a kit that was 10 bucks. So for me, it was like, oh, I'm going to buy it. Let's see how it is. Uh, and I got it. And I was surprised with how far snap together models have come since the last time I bought a snap together model, which was probably 30 years ago at this point, put together incredibly well. It requires no paint, no glue. The first thing I thought was, well, I'm going to be real scientific and get these off the trees and I'm gonna get my exacto and carve the little nubs off. I don't know what they've, what magically witchcraft <laughs> science they've gotten over the last several years. <laughs> these things fall off the trees with almost no nub at all. So I didn't need my exacto. So that was great. And the engineering is great because the pieces are molded in such a way that glue's not required because they go together by holding the other parts in place. It actually has some articulation of the arms a little bit. It turned out to be just stupid amount of fun for 10 bucks. I hadn't built a model kit, again, I said, in decades. I had done a lot of like Lego little kits that are all kind of samey. Whereas this ends up looking like a large like model that you would purchase at a you know collectible store, but it was something you had to build yourself. It was a simple joy to just make a little Pac-Man out of plastic with my hands. And it was it was very cool. I did a video. We put it up on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, Mo, I'm going to pass you two links, both the link to our YouTube video and then the mm-hmm. link to, uh, to Amazon. If you want to pick this up. It, might maybe it will take you 10 minutes to build. It's super okay, simple. I was about to ask that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was nothing to build, but it just brought me, it was, it was that childhood joy I hadn't had since the last time I put together a model that I talked my brother out of $3 to go to the TGNY and buy some race car or something. Uh, but I got that same thing out of this Pac-Man. So yeah, cool. that's it. Very cool. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. 
Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. segment <laughs> had to turn that on for just a second there all right so we've all got games to talk about today i want to talk about mine first because i know it's a game that everybody knows i had no idea about it and then i started reading some wikipedia articles i'm like oh that's the thing i remember people talking about like seven years ago at this point oh, oh okay uh, but it's a game called broken age and this double is the fine. one from double fine productions got that it. set kickstarter on fire for video games huh. they raised like millions of dollars when they were only looking for 400,000. They did the documentary on it. That's out there mm. on YouTube. Now it's a fun little point and click family friendly adventure game. I'll read you the description, okay. a family friendly hand animated puzzle filled adventure game with an all-star cast, including Elijah Wood, Jack Black, and Masa Moyo. Now that's not all. There's also like Will Wheaton is in this thing and a whole bunch of other people. Wow. I guess that extra money went to voice actors, huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, they definitely had, a, I mean, you got to realize Jack Black was in this company because this is the company that did things like Grim Fandango back in the day. Yes. Oh, yes, yep, yes, right? yes. Okay. And as a matter of fact, the guy who wrote and produced this game, Tim Schafer, that was the last game he ever produced was Grim Fandango. He had never mm. done anything since then. He came back to do this. Nice. Ah. So I think that's some of the reason as to why this thing hit so big on Kickstarter mm-hmm. back then. I've been playing it for about an hour now. It's two different characters that you can choose from to start the game. A little early preteen boy, like 12, 14 years old, and a little Mm -hmm. girl, same age range. They are seemingly in two completely opposite worlds, but I got a feeling from some of the stuff I've seen so far that those worlds are going to collide at some point. Mm. You can switch back and forth between the characters through the system tray. Each character has their own separate inventory system, their own dialogues, their own decision matrices, but it's all just try and solve a little puzzle, watch some animation, and then play the next part of the game. You know, the critical part about this kind of point-and-click game is the story. I know you're only about an hour in, but do you have a feel for what's happening in the world? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you had to give it a like an elevator pitch, what's the story? Because I'm aware of Broken Age. I never mm-hmm. played it. I remember the, mm-hmm. the Kickstarter, but I never jumped into it because I, I don't think anybody ever talked like you and I are talking to pitch what it's about. What, what so is there's it? two different stories because there's two different characters. The two characters, yeah. Right? So the girl is in this little village that is apparently in this realm where there's this creature that comes to all the villages on their world and they have to have these things called maiden feasts. Now, if you hear the word, the term maiden feast, 
you think of like an old Celtic, you know, thing where maybe it's like uh, the maidens grow to adulthood and they're celebrated by the village or something like that. But no, this is where the creatures actually come to eat the maidens. Oh, damn. Like they put these maidens <laughs> in these cake dresses and they stick them out on this like dang. cliff near the sea and the creature comes up out of the sea and he just starts picking them off one by one. And you're one of the maidens. That's the girl storyline. So ideally, you'd like to not have that happen to you, I'm guessing. Yes. And your grandfather <laughs> is totally against this thing. Yeah. Apparently, he, when he was younger, the villages used to fight these creatures. But then they made ah. some kind of pact with the creatures. And the sacrifice now keeps the creatures from attacking the villages. Mm-hmm. He hates that. He's like, we're all cowards now. We're weak and everything. Mm-hmm. But your whole family wants you to get picked. It's like, it's a privilege. What? It's an honor to get picked uh. by this creature. Uh, and if you don't, then it's like you bring shame to your family. Well, ugh, that's, she that's gets twisted. away from the okay. creature in the parts I've played in the game so far. I haven't gotten too much further than that. Got it. The boy is on a spaceship flying through space with an oh, AI wow. computer that simulates a mother and father. And he is doing these really childish missions like, oh, there's an avalanche on a planet. Let's go help the people. And you go to the planet and it's like these little sock puppet creatures, which John will love. <laughs> Puppets, I'm in. <laughs> the avalanche is an avalanche of ice cream. And the way you free them is by eating the ice cream. Weird. Weird. Yeah. That's, That's a very, two very weird story. Like fun, family friendly, child kind of wonderment yeah. stuff. Um, another one, the same little sock puppet creature, something has happened on their ship and you have to go find out and see what happened to them. And all they want to do is hug you. That's the whole mission. Hmm. But what I've gotten to now is after you complete the first wave of these missions, this one little creature, like you kind of get this hint that, okay, maybe I should fail this mission on purpose. And when you do, this new character is introduced and he's like, oh, what you're doing is just on the surface and it's your parent AIs protecting you. If you want to know what's really going on, here's this. Come and see me. Oh, mm, and then okay. it gets a little bit more adultish. There's way more depth than I expected. Yeah, right. It's very yeah. fun. I actually kind of figure out like how these two stories are even going to intersect. I mean, that's actually, I'm kind of intrigued by that. Yeah, I know they're going to intersect just the mechanic of the interface. They're going to have mm-hmm. to intersect at some yeah, point. Yeah, right. But it's engrossing to me. It's endearing. It's very cute. The art style and the animation of the hand-drawn cells is beautiful. Voice acting is really fun and good. I understand now why they raised so much money on Kickstarter and why so many people were still happy with the game after the game came out. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it wasn't one of those crowdfunded flops. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll check this one out. Did you buy it or? I apparently got it in a humble bundle. Yeah. Yeah, I was years just ago. looking through my list and was like, okay, there's a game. It's huh. It says Broken Age. Let me download that and play it. A gift from your past self. So, John, we probably have it then. <laughs> right. I probably, <laughs> probably do. You're right. It. <laughs> so it's pretty fun. But that's what I was playing. Mo, what about you? You playing something new? Yeah. So um, I've been on the hunt for a, a good real-time strategy game. I love those types of games where you kind of control your troops. As long as it's not stupid. Um, but this one, what intrigued me was that it's set like kind of a World War One type of strategy game, hmm. except it's like an alternate history where they had these steam-powered robots and mechanical okay. tank things. And these things that have these like huge, like, Gatling. it's almost like a mech warrior, but steampunk versions, I guess I've I would say. I've seen that in other hmm. storylines, but not in real-time strategy games mm-hmm. so that's neat it is very cool and and it has the same mechanics as every other real-time strategy game you know right. oh, you can do this to move you can move and shoot you can do you know you can set all the usual typical kind of things up harvest this stuff move my troops those exactly kind of things. exactly yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. but the way they did the terrain the way they did these like i almost want to advance just to see the more advanced
advanced machines I could operate, you know, I could have on my mm-hmm. side because they just look like just so cool. Right. <laughs> it has a very cute storyline in it. Where I say cute. It starts off very cute because how they get you started with it is like you start off with a snowball fight. And that's how you learn the mechanics of moving people and <laughs> okay. attacking and low stakes, right? <laughs> yeah, very low stakes. <laughs> um, you know, how to sneak up on people and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then it advances and you're hunting and all of a sudden like wolves attack you. Like, oh, my God, you got to fight that off. And then eventually it works up to, you know, you get drafted. Now you're in the military. Now you're controlling okay. the fight. So it has a neat little story. But so far, I played a couple hours and I'm just really enjoying it. I mean, the story is, you know, it's all like mechanic stuff. I mean, that's what the whole purpose story. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm kind of into the actual campaign mode of it, I guess I would call it. I'm having a blast. It's super entertaining. And, and what did you say the game was called? It's called Iron Harvest. Iron Harvest. Okay. Did it cost you anything? Did you buy it or? Um, I bought it off Steam. It was, it's been on my wish list for a long time. I saw it. It's been, I think it's about a year and change old, I think at this point. Okay. And it was on okay. sale for half. Like it's one of these games, you know, brand new. It was like 50 bucks. Oh, wow. Uh, it was on sale for 19.99. So I, I said, oh, you know, 20 bucks. I could, I'll try it out for that. And so far, I think I'm very pleased with it. And generally these types of games, I usually get a lot of mileage out of them. Not all at once, but over time, mm-hmm. I'll definitely get like my Something stories out of it. you could come back and forth to 30 minutes here, 45 minutes Exactly. There. And that's the other thing I like is that so far the missions have been like about that length, like 20, 30 minutes I could complete. Because the little campaigns, usually real time right. strategies are, right? right. You know, do this combat, this battle or whatever, and then finish right. that. I'm going to this other civilization yeah. or Got something. Yeah. Right, exactly. Then I can stop it and pick it up later. So, you know, it's one I've been going back to, like, every day I'll do another mission. And there's a couple times I'm like, ooh, if I keep going, I'll get this big mecha suit thing. And, pulling you, know, you and, through. Come on, <laughs> one more mission. One, one more, more mission, <laughs> right? But no, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, I, you know, as I keep playing, if I find out more, I'll let you know. All right. I'm just kind of curious because when you said the price, that kind of surprised me. I don't think of real-time strategy games as being AAA titles commanding those prices. Mm-hmm. But this one did when it came this out. One you did, said it was yeah. like 50 bucks or so. To me, real-time strategy games should kind of be in that $20 range to start, to start with. with. That's how they feel Normally. to me uh, mm-hmm. compared to something like uh, NBA 2K or yeah. you know, what's that? Cyberpunk 2077. Right, right. right. The real yeah. AAA list stuff. Yeah. yeah. That kind of surprises there me. There was a line of like Command & Conquer was like a AAA franchise for it a while. Was, That's, yeah. Maybe it's still around. It's a big deal. Like depends if it's comparable because some of those games can just look like little chess pieces, but others, mm-hmm. I looked at a little bit of video of this one, Mo, and it looks much more cinematic than, it is, than I remember so. RTS. Okay. Yeah. So much yeah. more involved than like uh, Age of Wonders or yeah. Age of Empires, those types yeah, of games. Yeah, it's, it's more of a, you're controlling a battle, mm. not mm. so much the high okay. level strategy, but you're controlling battles. So which gotcha. is the fun part, really. Sure. Hmm. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. All right, John, you're up next. What have you been playing? I'm up. It's my turn. All right. You know, I found a game that I really want to recommend, but I'm not sure I can. <laughs> Can we pronounce the name? That's the first question. Well, it's no spiral, but... It's not Piku Piku. No, you can pronounce it. The game is called Narita Boy. Okay. okay. Oddly, it also has a Japanese basis, but not like Piku Niku was. It's not a not a game from Japan that was uh, translated over. I think you're just looking for these games with weird titles. No, I'm not. I promise okay. I'm not. I promise. <laughs> but I understand why you would think that. So let me tell you why I want to recommend this game. There's so much about it that fits exactly what we should absolutely love. So... The description is explore and fight in a retro futuristic world. The aesthetic of the game was inspired by retro pixel adventures like Castlevania, Another World, Double Dragon, but with a modern touch. Right. So when you hear that, what do you think? Mm, I'm ready to buy. Check it out. Yeah. You you invoke another world. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it does have that feel. 
the, the game itself looks like you're watching it on an old CRT TV. There's squiggles on the side and it's a little bit fuzzy. The whole game is look, looks like that. The concept is you are a game player who gets sucked into the game. Tron. Last Starfighter. Tron. Right. right? <laughs> the creator of the game, he put all of his memories and his life experiences into the game and something inside of the game that's evil has done something to him. And you get pulled into the game trying to discover and release his memories that will ostensibly free him from whatever is happening. And as you go through it, you fight chunks of code. Like, so people talk <laughs> about, well, it, it, literally, like there's one character who's Captain VHS or something, and he's a giant hammer with a video tape on the end of the hammer that he swings. <laughs> it's all so retro. Okay. And people will talk about, oh, you need to go to the yellow zone. They have the yellow, blue, and red areas, then different factions inside of the computer. The game knows it's a game. The characters in the world know they're part of a fictional adventure that the creator created, and they know that his memories are locked away, and that they know the evil faction has them under lock and key. And you are the one. You're basically Neo from the Matrix inside of this game, okay. sent to liberate the memories to save the creator of the game. So I, rem I think of last time we talked about Wrath of Man that George said he didn't like, and then he listed all the things about it that he liked, and we didn't understand why he didn't like it. <laughs> and so I know I'm rattling off things that resonate with us as sure. Gen Xers playing those old games. It's very kind of a pixel style. It's a kind of a hack and slash. It's not a Metroidvania. You don't go back and again and again with new abilities or anything, but you do Unlocked. Is it a side-scroller? It is, yeah. Side-scrolling okay. platformer, a kind of ex exploration adventure. So all that is great about it. And it is an interesting game. And I can tell you when you unlock the memories of the creator, that's the greatest part of this game because it reminds me of those sections in Braid where you would discover little no. parts of this background yeah. story. And the creator was born in Japan. His mother was Japanese. His father was American. He grew up in a little town called Narita. He was the Narita boy. And... He tells the story of his troubled past and childhood, how he lost one of his parents, how he grew up. And you, you, you're you dying to hear the next part of the story. That, By mm. the way, it's not a cut scene. You walk through it interactively and you see it happening as it's a memory. It's a really neat mechanic. The reason I'm hesitant to recommend it is because when you take all of the window dressing that we love off of it, it's kind of a samey action platformer. You know, swing your mm. axe, swing your axe, you know, hit the guy three times on the head. He gets a little harder each time. A lot of that is uninspired. But if you can wade through that enough, there's a lot of nostalgic material that's bolted onto it that might be worth your time. You got, you almost have to take a look at somebody else playing to see if it's for you. Yeah. So, huh. It, the problem is that if it's really samey, like you said, is it going to mm -hmm. get to a point where you're just going to be like, oh, like, is it worth the churn to get to that next part? Maybe. Yeah. That's kind of the problem. That's why I, I'm feeling a little ambivalent about it. Mm. So I think my question is going to be centered around cost more than anything else, because if something feels samey over and over again, I don't want to pay a high price for that game. I don't mm. mind paying five bucks for it or something, but what about this game? Do you know how much it cost? So I'm going from memory here. I didn't jot it down. I want to say I paid, it was under 20 bucks, like maybe $17 or something, $16.99, okay. those things. It's not expensive, but no. you can see where the money went. I mean, it does look 
great. There's so much to like about the design and the aesthetic that it almost forgives you. And that story keeps pulling you through. What I haven't done, remember I talked about Piku Niku last time, how I couldn't stop playing. I couldn't wait to find what the next thing was. I have that draw here, but the sameness of the combat is kind of making me, oh, I've got to backtrack all the way through the to find this thing. Where was that guy again? And there's no map. So you got to kind of wind your way around a little bit. It has pluses and minuses. So I find it kind of right in the middle. It's one of those two and a half tokeny things. Yeah, I think it's a skip for me for right now because I just looked it up on Steam. It's $24.99. Is it? Okay. Yeah. It might have been on sale. They had a huge sale when I recently picked it up. Might have been sale, right. Yeah. I, I could see picking this up for like, $14.99 $14.99 the way you're describing it at the top end for me, but yep. 24 might be a little bit kind of out of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels better than $9.99 when you play it. It does feel good. Keep in mind, when I say samey, I don't mean that it's bad. I mean that yeah. it yeah. kind of gets a little repetitious, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I actually know. Well, yeah. plus we're spoiled by humble bundle prices. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I tell you what, George, put it on your wish list. Yeah, I might for, do that. When it gets on sale, maybe they'll let you know to check it out. So, Narita Boy, go look at a video. Just see the art style. If you don't ever play it, at least check it out. It's something you should be aware of if you like that era of games. It reminds you of what you loved about playing like old Nintendo and Sega Genesis games because it has that sort of feeling, the last Starfighter vibe, the other world <laughs> vibe, was, all that. I, mean, I just so. looked it up too, George. Is it me or does that cover look like the start of Tron? Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. They're trying to invoke all that yeah. stuff. Even though he's holding a sword, I guess. Is that what he's supposed to be holding? But it looks like he's, it, it is. looks like yep. the, holding the disc with the light shining out of it. But okay. <laughs> I'm, I assure you that was not a mistake. They're trying to invoke all those memories. <laughs> okay. In this case. <laughs> I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. I gotta take a break. I wanna play in the rain and take a break. Settling up so cool and clear. Yeah, it feels as good as the rain is out here. I gotta take a break. I wanna play in the rain and take a break. It's a good coming down. Now you can win a year's worth of free travel on United Airlines. Plus $25,000. Look for the 7-Up Play All Day game. Coming in the back end of the show here, we'd like to take a second to talk about what we're looking forward to that we will be checking out between now and the next time we get together. Mo, let's start with you. What's on your horizon? Oh, man, I have been looking forward to this one for about a year. <laughs> it's Loki on Disney Plus. Mm, the series. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me tell you, at yep. first, when I her first heard about it, I was like, eh, you know, okay, maybe. Then I started hearing more about what the story is because it's definitely ties into like basically he's done so much time traveling that he gets caught by, I guess, like the time police group and he is to help them <laughs> fix things. I guess it's kind of like the high level, very basic, premise, which to me is hilarious. The guy who plays Loki, Tom Hiddleston, he's super charismatic. Loki is one of my favorite villains in the Marvel universe because he's understandable. He's very likable, very charming, but he's not a complete idiot either. I mean, he definitely has he's his, a bad guy. Yeah, though. he is a bad guy. You know, <laughs> and old Wilson's in it of all people. <laughs> it's like I haven't heard from him in a while. He's part of the time police, I think. Yeah, yeah, he is. I, yeah. I, I saw the trailer and I'm like, I didn't know what I was expecting yeah, out of a 
hokey either. movie, this, but exactly. this ain't it. And I'm actually very, yeah, exactly. very it's, intrigued. It's not at all what yeah. I'm thinking. I was expecting. Like, there's no Asgard or anything else in there so far that I've seen. And now that we've kind of out of Disney plus Marvel stuff since the Falcons Winter Soldier ended, I'm ready for my next one, I think. So when this comes out June 9th, I think right, I'll be there. Right around the corner. Yeah. All right, George, how about you? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go into a big, long thing, but it's Lego Masters Season 2 is finally Yay! coming back to TV. Yay! So they had the first season in 2019. 2020 is, you know, they kind of dropped off because of the mm-hmm. pandemic, I'm sure. They yeah. didn't want to produce that series in that environment, but they're coming back June 1st on Fox. So it will have already aired by the time you get a chance to listen to this podcast, because we're going to air this podcast a couple of days after that. But that's right. I'm, I've loved the first season. I'm looking forward to this season. I don't know what they're going to do with it. Haven't watched any of the trailers, but I think it'll be fun. Man, I never thought I would shed tears in a Lego building game show, but that thing, the people in it where you cared, <laughs> yeah. about, I cared about them. I thought it was a well put together. And when things didn't work out, I felt so bad for them. You know, I, I know. was like, they tried. Right, so hard. Yeah. And I would say the host makes that show, though, for sure. Is the same host? Is he back? Is Will Arnett back? I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Okay. No okay. idea if Arnett's back or not. Well, I can't wait to find out. Sweet. Yeah. And as for me, I am looking forward to the long awaited return to Gen X Grown Up attending a convention Woo! in person. Yep. Right around the corner. In fact, as you hear this, we are preparing for Infinity Con Tallahassee. The last time we got together and went out and met people at a convention was like, I'm going to say Jeez. February of 2020. It's been well over a year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Infinity Con Lake City. Yeah. That's right. At that time, we're all like, have you heard about this flu going around? No. What about it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, serious? Oh, no, I don't think so. Fine. No big deal. It'll pass. And it's, yep. it's been a long time coming. And I know all of us are going to be together for the first time in a while. We're going to mm-hmm. be at a convention, meeting people, running some panels. I can't wait. Yeah. We're all fully yeah. vaccinated. That's right. So we we're are ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they're still being very careful. Like they're still doing the mask thing at this convention. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people have to be prepared for that, but they do have um, a large amount of people expected for this convention right now. I think he had told me they had pre-sold a thousand tickets already, which that was their entire convention in 2019. (laughs) So uh, they got five to 700 or 800 people coming just for a smash brothers gaming tournament, Mm. which is so large. They had to put it into a whole nother side of the venue. It'll be a lot of fun. I think so. I'm looking forward to it. It's great. Yeah. Good for that. Well, I'm happy for infinity con themselves. They got this great event and all also, just that we get to go out and participate in yeah. it is just awesome. There's a lot of pent up need for this too, yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think pre-sales tell you people yeah. are eager to get back out and uh, get into this. So yeah, hey, if you're in the North Florida area, come on down to InfinityCon Tallahassee. It's a weekend of what the... Uh, yep, fifth and sixth. Come and say hi if you're in the area. A couple pleasures waiting for you. A double pleasure from Double Miss if there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know. So if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show. So hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown 
Growing Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on GenXGrownUp.com. That is nearly going to wrap up episode 99 of the Gen X mm. Grown Up Podcast. Before we say goodbye, we always like to take just a couple of seconds here at the end of the show to give our gratitude to the folks who support us financially, whether they be over on YouTube as a member, over on Patreon. I want to start with those YouTube members. Thank you so much, Aaron, Mike M, Mike C, Stubaka, Misso, Thanos Strider, Marcus, and Blasten and Stashin. And of course, those Patreon patrons. Man, this list is getting just overwhelming. <laughs> Thank you so much. <gasps> Davis, Chad, Slomo, Greg L, Shelby, Chris, Ben, Chewbacca, Greg Z, Agile, Jonathan H, Arlem, Uno Clay, Lee, Matt, Tony G, Stu Monkey, Thomas, Mike C, Butterspider, Misso, Dan, Levi, Dana, Marcus, Karen, Mark, Jason, Travis, David, Sean, Blazin, Stashin, Chet, Sparks, Aaron, <laughs> and new since we last spoke, Quentin had wow. joined us. Just joined us right after our uh, four-year anniversary uh, Thanks, material Gwen. drop. Thank you. Quentin joined us at that top tier, that $25 level. Wow. Wow. And he was not alone. Both Tony R and Thanos upgraded their commitment to Gen X Grown Up oh, up in that top that tier. So great. Man, it, it was so fun to celebrate our four-year anniversary with all these people and the outpouring of support that we continue to get from everyone is just overwhelming. And to those of you that continue to support us, to those of you, you know, Quentin, Tony, and Thanos who just upped your membership, man, we could not possibly tell you how gratified we are. And George, if anyone would like to join these amazing folks, would you tell them how they can go about getting that done? Absolutely. All you got to do is head over to patreon.com slash genxgrownup or genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. You create one of those free accounts and then you head over to the sections and you decide on $1, $3, $10, $5, whatever donation amount you want to start at. Mm -hmm. Depending upon which one you choose, we've got all different kinds of stuff behind the scenes videos. We've got some swag on the upper levels and then that level that John was talking about, that $25 level gets you direct access to us and help us come up with ideas and things that we want to do for the YouTube channel and the podcast. And if you're not interested in that, that's cool. You can head over to our YouTube channel and click the button that says join. It's right next to the subscribe button. When you click that, it's $2.99 per month. You become a YouTube member. You get all these cool little icons next to your name. You get all these little emojis you get to use during the live stream chats that we do and fun. point you guys out. It's a lot of fun. We appreciate every dollar that you send in and it helps us to keep going on this magical journey with you. <laughs> <laughs> well said. That is going to wrap it up for this episode. We'll be back in two weeks with another one. But next week uh -oh. is our Backtrack Edition, where we take a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. Mo, what's coming up next Thursday? Ice cream! Ice cream! No. <laughs> See, uh, ding, ding, ice cream truck! Ding, ding, ice cream truck! No, yeah, we're going to be talking about the ice cream truck experience. You ain't got no ice cream because your mom lives on the well. <laughs> <laughs> I know that is the first that oh. in my head, too. <laughs> yep, yep. We're going to talk all about the ice cream truck experience, the origin of it, what it was like for us. Mm -hmm. We have uh, some uh, stories from some of our uh, supporters and patrons that shared their stories. We can't wait to share those with you. That is coming your way next Thursday. You don't want to miss that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Oh, man, always fun. Fourth listeners, it's you we appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. JetX Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Okay. <clears throat> John's ready. I'm yawning. That's how you I'm ready. <laughs> high energy. Ready to go. You know what I'm... Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult 
struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.